Hello, my name is Andrew Chapin, the co-host and producer of this show. You're about to listen to my sister and I's first episode of our podcast, Nice Things End With E. As with starting anything, it's not perfect, but after recording just a couple episodes, I can see a big change as we become more comfortable and just start having fun. This first episode is going to be a lot about cars, so if that's your thing, buckle up. If you want watches, the next episode is for you. And if you find fashion appealing, the third episode is what you'll want. Thank you so much for listening, and we really hope you enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Andrew Chapin, and this is my sister Emma. Hi! This will be the first episode of our first podcast called Nice Things End With E. Phonetically. <laughs> yes, phonetically. You see, the idea started with my love of cars and realizing that the majority of the best car brands ended with the E sound. You have Ferrari, Lamborghini, Bugatti, and then of course there's the clothing and the jewelry. Gucci, Armani, Tiffany, Versace, and others. Now, Drew, that's all great, but you love watches just as much, and I can't help but notice that there's a shortage of watch brands that end with E, excepting, of course, the famous Rolexi and the lesser-known Patekki Filippi. Alright, alright, I didn't say it's perfect, but it has a nice ring to it. True. Alright, how about we introduce ourselves? Excellent idea. As I said before, my name is Andrew Chapin. I'm 16 years old and I love cars and watches. I'm starting freshman year of college this year and I work as a welder for my father's business. My name is Emma Chapin and I'm 14 years old. Although I like cars and watches like my brother, I'll be more of the voice of reason when it comes to cost for some of these items. So Emma, anything on this list of topics that interests you right now? We could do three and a half hours on the history of Rolex. Uh, no. What about the car company that we passed when we were driving through Texas? Didn't that end in E? <laughs> well, Emma, Tesla ends in an A. Uh, welcome to English. No, no, not Tesla. The one we passed in the dark. Oh, right, right, right. You're talking about Hennessy. That's a good idea. We'll start that after this break. A rich man's world. So, the story goes that we were driving through Texas from Austin to Houston, and our father pointed out this large warehouse with the word Hennessy written in red on the side. Kind of boring, huh? Maybe so. The company, on the other hand, is anything but boring. Founded in 1991, John Hennessy's company has created some of the most powerful and sought-after cars in the world. They are well known for their tuning kits, boosting the engine performance in Corvettes, Mustangs, and Challengers, as well as Ford and Ram trucks. However, sometimes they take on more exotic projects. Recently, they took the new McLaren 765LT, which was a derivative track, you know, super version of the 720S that came out a couple of years ago, and tuned that up. Listen to these stats, Emma. 0 to 60 was improved from 2.8 seconds, which is crazy fast already. I think that's the same as the McLaren Senna, their crazy hypercar. 
and tune that up to 2.1 seconds. Wow, that's knocking on Elon and Porsche's doors. And that McLaren is still gasoline powered? And that's the crazy thing. Yeah, they're still using a 4 liter V8. And there's more. To achieve that, they took the stock 755 horsepower. I mean, again, that is a lot of horsepower. And pushed it to 1,000. Wow, that's incredible. My only annoyance with this is like McLaren, who is easily one of the premier brands on the supercar front, seems like they could have given the car a little bit more power. I mean, if you have Hennessy, which is just a tuning company, giving it a 33% increase, that's insane. Especially, I mean, especially when you're talking about a McLaren. Yeah, they've certainly mastered tuning. I mean, as far as you can master anything, Hennessy certainly has. And that's why they moved forward beyond that. In 2011, Hennessy released the Hennessy Venom GT to challenge the Bugatti Veyron. And in some respects, it beat it. It held the world speed record for a production car from 2014 to 2017, a pretty fair three years. That's incredible for any record. And an astonishing 270 miles per hour and boasted 44 more horsepower than the Veyron Supersport, which was the previous record holder for speed that only had 1,200 horsepower. Unfortunately, only 12 were made and commanded a base price tag of 1.2 million US dollars, and each car took six months to make. So, that won't be your next car after the Z4? Yeah, probably not. And their next car won't be either. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. A rich man's world. I have turned the song of this So the next car Hennessy made after the Venom GT is the Venom F5. Oh, very original. Ha, you mock. The Venom F5 has 1,817 horsepower coming out of a V8. And the whole car is lighter than 3,000 pounds. And it's set to break 311 miles per hour. Whoa, hold on. That's a lot of facts at once. 311 miles per hour? That's what they claim. And less than 3,000 pounds? How much does your car weigh? My teensy Z4 weighs a little over 3,000 pounds. So roughly the same weight, but the F5 is over eight times more powerful than my car. Wow, and your car feels fast. Yeah, I can't even imagine. This has got to be one of the most impressive spec charts I have ever seen. I mean, just beyond the spec chart, I mean, it's a fantastic looking car. I mean, it's like they took a Ferrari SF90 and then just like smushed it together with a Ford GT. I mean, those are two of my favorite looking cars, modern cars. And it, it just looks great. I mean, I really wouldn't even mind if it went, you know, 50 miles an hour at top speed and handled like a pig. I mean, it's just a good-looking car, and just the specs on top of it, it's just mwah. But once again, how likely is it that we will ever see one? Well, not 
very. They have a base price of $2.1 million, and the production is limited to only 24 units, so probably not even a midlife crisis mobile. Alright, before we wrap this up, I want to talk about one of Hennessy's future projects. It's called Project Deep Space. The most expensive electric supercar ever. When it comes out. And that will be... They say 2026, although with the car industry seeing such upsets and supply issues from the COVID, it's hard to tell. The coolest thing about this car is that it has six wheels. Six? Yeah, six. Two in the front and four at the back. So you can only imagine the acceleration times on an electric car that has 50% more grip than a Tesla. And coming from a company whose speciality is speed. Another feature from this is that the seats are arranged in like a diamond formation with a driver in the front and then the passengers are to the right and left of him behind and then there's like the VIP spot right behind the driver but behind the two in the middle. So what about aesthetics? How does it compare to the previous Venoms? I feel like this is another instance where Hennessy has really gone all out with design. I mean, just, I mean, I know there are no even, like, prototypes of these, but I'm just, you know, I saw the, uh, you know, John Hennessy's own sketch, and it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it's, these six wheels are just, like, glaring at you, and he's got these cool air scoops that go into fenders over the two wheels, and the thing is just hugging the ground, and these You've got these massive gullwing doors. I mean, super futuristic. It's awesome. So what about concerns? Do you have any reservations on this? My only concern with this vehicle is that its speed is going to be kind of affected by the fact that they are offering what they call private jet luxury for the interior. And it's my experience that comfort isn't breaking any speed records. Uh, there's always Bentley, Napa leather at 200 miles per hour. So what's the price tag on this? Oh, just a little over $3 million. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nice Things End in E. Next week, if all goes according to plan, we'll see you again to talk about one of the most famous and historically important watches, the first watch on the moon. I've been Andrew Chapin. And I've been Emma Chapin. Goodbye and God bless.